Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We're a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say, welcome home, as we jump into today's service. Good morning, good morning, King's House. How are we doing today? Anybody excited to be in God's house this morning? And can we give God some praise this morning, man? I'm telling you what. If you get bored of people giving their hearts to Jesus and getting baptized as a, as a public confession of faith, then you're in the wrong church. I'm telling you what, man. This is what it's all about right here, King Sal. Seriously. And I just want to say a huge thank you. I mean, God is doing incredible things all over the earth. And people's hearts are turning back to God. And it's just so beautiful to see what God's doing. And I'm so blessed to be a part of a church that is right in the middle of God doing something so spectacular man, people giving their hearts to Jesus, being baptized, like that is the ultimate goal, the ultimate miracle. So hey, everybody that serves, everybody that gives, I mean, you make it possible. And, and when the body of Christ comes together, that, that's why we have the core value here, that every member matters. When the body of Christ comes together, that's when some spectacular things can happen. Do you believe that, King South? And man, I believe that it's just the beginning of what God's going to continue to do in this city. And today we are on part four of this series called Fight. And we're not just fighting, friends. We're fighting with all, everything we do this year is with all our hearts. The title of the message this morning is Shut the Door. Shut the door. And I want to speak to you very, very practically today, if you'll allow me. And, and I believe that if you'll open up your heart, that the Lord can really show you some things and do some things in your heart that will absolutely help you transform you moving forward. But I want to start in John chapter 10, verse 10. The passage says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, more abundantly. I, I love the way the Passion Translation says this verse. Let's look at it. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. King's House, this is my prayer for each and every one of you today. This is what we are fighting for, that you can experience God in abundance, that he can use you and flow through you in ways that you can't even expect to where your life is overflowing with love and joy and peace and passion and promises and dreams and fulfillment. I mean, isn't this what we want, King's House? I mean, this is the promise that God has for us. And so oftentimes we settle for so much less than the best that God has for us. So we're, we're fighting for this today. And I, I love the last part of that verse. And we focus on the last part of that verse a lot. But today I want to focus on the first part of that verse because it is just as, as real as God has a plan and purpose for your life. Friends, you have an enemy. He's not your friend. He's not your buddy. He is your enemy. His only goal is to steal, 
to kill and to destroy you, destroy your family, destroy every good thing that God has for your life. This is what we need to focus on, this reality today that I have an enemy in my life. But aren't you thankful today that the God we serve is so much bigger? Yes. Uh, in just a couple months, my family and I will have been in McAllister, Oklahoma for almost seven years. It's incredible. I mean, like, where has seven years, where has the, where's the time gone? And, and I can say wholeheartedly today, friends, I love McAllister, Oklahoma. I love it. I'm, I'm so thankful that, that God brought us to the King's House Church. And are there some things about McAllister that I would change if I had the power? Sure. Like running water, uh, roads that don't break axles. Like, I mean, so, some of these things, like if I could change them easily, I would change them. But I remember when I moved here seven years ago and I had so many people apologizing to me like, hey, we're sorry that McAllister is this or we're sorry that McAllister. And this went on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I'm just thinking, bro, I moved from Seminole. All right, like, McAllister is an upgrade from Seminole. Arby's is one of my favorite restaurants. You know how legit it is to drive down the road and get a big Montana anytime you want it? You think Seminole has Chick-fil-A or Chili's or Rib Cribber? Man, Seminole has a Brahms, a McDonald's, and a whole bunch of Mexican places that, like, come in and out of business, Right? And I just spent about 45 hours on an airplane, and for that whole 45 hours, I watched Breaking Bad. And at the end of Breaking Bad, I thought, those restaurants are laundering money. Like, I know what's going on here. Busted. But I love McAllister, and I love the, the people of McAllister in Pittsburgh County, just country people, hardworking, hunting and fishing, just, just good people. Like truly, I feel like I was born to pastor in a community just like McAllister, Oklahoma. I, I do, I, I love it. One of the things that I'm most proud of about the King's House, which is a long list of things I'm so insanely proud of, but I think one of the things that is most unique about the King's House, that at the King's House, the men are still men. Uh, they, I mean, we got some manly men in this church, which is so refreshing. And not that we just have some, but we have a lot of men. And not just men that like their, drag, their wife drags them to church, but we have these manly men who, yeah, they're manly and they got all sorts of guns and they hunt and fish, but they love Jesus and they're willing to serve and they lead their families. I mean, I'm just, I, I love that about the King's House. I love that probably 95% of the men in the King's House have at least one firearm. Like, I I love that about this church. And what's crazy is probably the women have that many too. I mean, it blows my mind that the last women's conference we had, watching these King's House ladies throw axes, like, whoa, don't, don't tick these ladies off. I mean, when we were playing laser tag, the women were far more aggressive than the men were. I mean, these chicks are belly crawling and rolling and sweating and mad at each other and like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. The truth is, is if someone was breaking into your home here in McAllister, Oklahoma, this is the, one of the things I love most about you, but if someone was breaking into your home, you would not hesitate to do what needed to be done. Am I right? Man, I don't know about you, but I have multiple loaded guns in my bedroom, 
I mean, I love you. I care for you. But don't break into my home at night trying to hurt my family, okay? Like, I want you to meet Jesus. But if you break into my home trying to cause harm to my family, you're going to meet him a lot sooner than you anticipated. I mean, you are. And I'm not going to apologize for that. That's, I, love the, I love this place. Because I know that some of you would feel the exact same way. And I applaud that. But what I think we're missing sometimes is that we need to take that same kind of passion and that same kind of tenacity to protect our homes, to protect our families, and we need that to translate into our spiritual life, friends. Got a knock on the door. Hello. Um, what's, what's your name? Robin. Robin, do you have a last name? Yo house. Hello, Robin Yo House. Uh, what can I help you with today? I just thought I'd swing by and uh, case the place out. And uh, man, this is a nice dig, man. I yeah, like it's it. nice. It is. Did your wife still wear all that fancy jewelry? Uh, yeah, I didn't buy it for her, but she has fancy jewelry, okay. yes. How many flat screens you got in this place? There, there's several, man. I got some expensive items in this place. Come I really on. do. That's what I'm about right here, baby. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I just thought I'd swing by and case the place. May come back later, bring me and my boys, and see what we can steal. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Robin, your house, man, it is, it's great to have you today. Uh, our bedroom is here to the left. The kids are down the hallway. So, hey, I tell you what, just uh, okay. you come back anytime you want. And I tell you what, I'm just going to leave this door open. And you just, uh, I mean, come and go as you please if you're Sounds all... good. Maybe the hey. only thing, diff maybe wear some different pants next time. But uh... <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for stopping by, Robin. I think I may just case the place out uh, a little bit. That's all right. Take your time, yeah, my friend. Take, take your look. time. No problem at all. Give it up for Robin, your house. That was a lot. <laughs> Truthfully, that's absurd. And we would never, in a practical sense, welcome someone into our home that we know menace harm. Like, in a, in a practical sense, nobody in their right mind in this room would ever do that. Yet, in a very real sense, many of us, every single day, welcome things into our homes and into our lives with the door wide open. We go round and round in our spiritual lives. A spiritual carousel that just, we never make progress. We just go round and round and we'll do good for a little bit and then we fail. And then we succeed and then we fail. And we take a step forward and we take two steps back and, and we just continue to go round and round. And the question is like, why do we continue to struggle? Why can't we ever get over the hump? And the truth is, is that many of us have the door wide open to the enemy in our life. And what we have to understand today is that the enemy's not our friend. He's not our buddy. He's not our pal. He wants to hurt your family. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants to destroy your destiny. He wants to wreak as much havoc as possible in your life to destroy you, your family, and your future. That's who we're dealing with today. So some of us need that same kind of passion and that same kind of tenacity as we would treat an intruder with, and we need to turn that towards the enemy who's working overtime in our lives. Are you with me this morning, King's House? 
Now, I know many of you are thinking, like, Mark, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm not opening the door to the devil in my house. Like, who would do that? There's no way that's possible. Maybe that's the case. But I want to show you a few ways today that I do think that we give the enemy all sorts of access into our lives, maybe even more than what you realize. The first way that I think we give the enemy access into our lives is very simple. We just, we let him in. Like, Pastor, again, I'm not, I'm not letting the enemy into my life. I know you don't realize that you are, but let me show you three ways that you let the enemy into your life. Your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. What you are watching, what you are listening to, and what you are saying gives the enemy so much access into your life. Scripture says this, that the eyes are the lamp of the soul. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes aren't healthy, then your whole body is full of darkness. Sadly, we live in a society that is trying so hard to desensitize us to sin and to normalize things that are so wicked. And we have to be on guard, King's House, to protect what we are seeing, to understand that we can't afford to let darkness to enter in to this house, to put those guards in place. With that same kind of passion and tenacity, we have to guard what we're listening to. When we understand this, that what we listen to has a profound effect on our thoughts and our beliefs. And what we believe, we will eventually act on. Whether you realize it or not, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. We have to guard our eyes. We have to guard our ears. And lastly, we have to guard our mouths. Scripture makes it very clear that the power of life and death are in this little bitty muscle called your tongue. The power of life and death. Well, how does that give the enemy access to our lives? It's like this. When you come into agreement with the enemy, when you say things over yourself and over your family like, I guess I'm not good enough. I guess I'm not talented enough. I've made too many mistakes. There's no way that the Lord could ever use me. I've disqualified myself. I guess my son or my daughter's just gone too far. It doesn't look like there's ever going to be a way home for them. They've made too many mistakes. They are a screw-up. They've always been a screw-up. They're always going to be a screw-up. The situation is hopeless. When we speak those things, they have power, and we come into agreement. That's not what God's saying about us, friends. You're not agreeing with the truth of what God's saying about you. You come into agreement with what the enemy is trying to accomplish in your life. And the more that you speak those things and the more that you come into agreement in those things, the more you will see those things happening in your life. We need some passion, tenacity. We got to guard our eyes, our ears, our mouths. The enemy can have no place in our lives. The second way that I think that we give the enemy so much access in our lives is through unforgiveness. And I know you're tired of me talking about it and you feel like I'm just beating a dead horse. I mean, I'm doing an entire six-week, seven-week Bible class over it, but it's unbelievable. I counsel with so many people and, and the problems vary. I mean, we're talking a massive gamut of problems, but these things present themselves in ways all across the board. But regardless of what the issue is, regardless of what, what's happening in the life, if you begin to trace that thing back two years, three years, five years, ten, keep going back, keep going back, 90% of 
a people's problems start with an offense that turned to anger, that turned to unforgiveness, that turned to bitterness, that turned to poison that is now spreading all through that individual's lives. It's presenting itself in all sorts of ways, but the root issue is unforgiveness, which is why Paul made such a point to address it in Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to what Paul said. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. The truth is, is that many of us at all sorts of times in our lives have made these decisions. It's time for me to make some changes. I'm tired of struggling with this. I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to do something different. God, I'm giving you everything. I'm going to shut the door in my life on that area. Come on, Jesus. I'm shut. I need your help, Lord. I'm going to shut the door on this area of my life. And we just keep slamming it and slamming it and slamming it, but it's extremely hard to shut a door in your life when the enemy has his foot in it. And the crazy thing about it is that you put his foot there. Look at what the scripture says. He didn't take that from you and do not give the enemy a foothold in your life. Nobody would wake up this morning and say, like, man, how can I give the enemy unlimited access in my life? That's what I want to do today. Nobody would think that. But when you choose to hold unforgiveness, when you choose to allow anger and bitterness to happen in your life, when you forget all that God forgave you of and you decide to hold unforgiveness against somebody else, friend, this is exactly what you're doing. Keeping the enemy's foot in your life. We have to forgive King's house if you want to close the door in those areas of your life. Are you with me still? Number three, a way that gives the enemy so much access in our life is when we choose sin. Now listen, I believe something supernatural, miraculous happens. When the Holy Spirit convicts your heart and draws you to Jesus and you repent of your sins and you say yes to Jesus and you ask him to be the Lord and the Savior of your life, something supernatural and miraculous happens. Do you remember that day, King South? Are you thankful for God's love and his grace that forgave you? When, you? when you ask Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes and fills you up. You were dead, but now you are alive, friend. You've been renewed, renewed rejuvenated, reinvented. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And that day you start this process that will last your entire life. And that process is called sanctification. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the day we said yes to Jesus and his blood washed us and cleansed us and he renewed us and remade, wouldn't it be wonderful if we never struggled again? Woo, just set free of everything. Just, man, wouldn't that be great? But I think all of us know after being born again, you feel like a million bucks, and then five minutes later, you did another sin. Am I right? Some of you heathens didn't even take five minutes, right? Like 30 seconds later, you're sinning again. So you start this process of sanctification where every day you're dying to yourself a little bit more. Every day you're surrendering a little bit more. Every day you become a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more like Jesus. And that process is going to last your whole life. And aren't you thankful that God is committed to the process of, of, of making you new? It's beautiful. 
Not one person in this room is perfect, but I do believe that you are a perfect work in progress. And he's not finished working on you, and he hasn't, he hasn't given up yet, and he's not going to give up. That is completely different, however. Someone struggling with sin, God, I got this weakness in my life. I got this area. I, Holy Spirit, I just can't seem to get over it. And you're asking the Holy Spirit to empower you to live an overcoming, victorious life. And you're bringing that sin at the foot of the cross. And, and you're asking for God's forgiveness. And you're asking for God. I mean, you're actively seeking, like, I don't want to do this. I'm asking you to, to help me get over this, Lord. That is completely separate, friends, than choosing sin. Knowing what's right and what's wrong. Knowing what the Bible says. Understanding full well the consequences of your actions and simply not caring. With this hardened heart, this arrogant attitude that you think you can just trample on God's grace because he'll forgive me. He'll forgive me. You're going to do what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it. And when you have that attitude, church, she is wide open. And you can, listen, you can get up every single morning and you can read your Bible. You can say your prayers. You can come to church every single Sunday. And during worship, you can have your hands raised. Shout to the Lord. Oh, I mean, people around you can think, wow, that guy loves Jesus. And the devil doesn't care. Because while you're praying and hands raising, the devil's just zip it do die you think the devil cares if you know scripture? He knows scripture. The door is wide open to the enemy in your life and in your family. If you find yourself in that situation, friend, there is only one cure to repent and turn your heart to God, and he will turn towards you, friends. Quickly, you need to do it. Ooh, got quiet in here. I'm stepping on toes. That's why I make the big bucks. Folks, I'm here all day. Pastor Mark, I see what you're saying. I don't want this in my life. What do I do? How, how do we get these doors closed in our life? I'm going to show you a few ways quickly. I know I'm running out of time. How do you close the door? First thing you need to do, friends, is cut it off. Look at your neighbor with some passion and say, hey, friend, cut it off. It's not going to be on the screen, but let me read you this passage, if you would. This is Jesus talking, by the way. This isn't Mark Hennon's gospel. Matthew 5 says this, Jesus talking. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. That's not very pastorly, Jesus. So he follows it up with this one. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Here in just a moment, the ushers are going to be passing around some knives and hatchets. I would suggest drinking the Kool-Aid first. It will knock the edge off of what needs to be done. Obviously... That's not what Jesus meant with that verse. Please nobody go home and cut anything off of you or your spouse. We don't need any Lorena Bobbitt situations in McAllister, all right? 
But what Jesus was saying was that when we find ourselves in these situations in life, you have to take extreme measures, friends. You can't patty cake with the devil and expect to win. Take, take some extreme measures. Listen, if HBO and Showtime and Cinemax are too much for you to handle, get rid of them. If that doesn't solve the problem, get rid of your television. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm really praying, and I believe that God's going to give me freedom in this area. No, stop praying and get rid of the television. Whatever you have to do to remove that temptation from your life, friends, cut it off. It's not that hard, not that complex. Well, Pastor Mark, my phone, that's the real issue. And the thing is, my whole life is on this phone. I kind of have to have it. I get you, bro. I live on this thing too. On my phone, I have a thing called Covenant Eyes. And once a week, Pastor Frankie gets an email, and in this email shows every single website that I visited that week. And if I look at something, a, a photo or a website that's even remotely inappropriate, Covenant Eyes takes a screenshot of that and sends it to Pastor Frankie in the form of a text message. Do you know how much of a temptation I have on this phone? Zero. Zero. I'm 39 years old. I'm not some teenager. I've been married for 17 years, happily. I've been in ministry for 23 years. And I still put those types of safeguards in my life to protect these eyes, to protect these ears, to protect this mouth. I don't got room for the enemy to be coming up in my business, messing up my family, messing up this church. Come on, somebody. Cut it off, man. If social media is a problem in your life, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, cut it off, man. Listen, if you work and you got a pretty little thing making googly eyes at you down at work, and if that temptation is just too much for you, friend, ask for a transfer. If they won't give you a transfer, quit your job. There is no job or no paycheck worth losing your name, your integrity, or your family, friends. Cut it off. Do something extreme, man. Number two, make intentional changes in your life. That's how you shut the door. Make intentional changes. If you're an alcoholic, you've struggled with that for years. And the fastest way home takes you right past the bar at 5 o'clock. <laughs> My man Roy, find you a different way home. <laughs> Who cares if it's 10 minutes further? Do something Different. We fall into this trap that I can continue to do the same thing I've always done and expect God to do something different in my life. And that's just not the case. Stop praying about it. Stop him hawing around, patty caking about it, and do something different, friends. Listen, God gave you a brain and God gave you legs, and he expects you to use both of those things. Run away from that situation. I'm going to start my day with prayer. I'm going to start my day with God's words. I'm going to join a home group. I'm going to get involved in a discipleship class. Maybe I need to join Celebrate Recovery. It's the greatest place to be on Monday nights. Maybe I'm going to get in a step study. Maybe, I mean, you fill in the blank, friends. But if you want to shut the door in your life to the enemy, do something different. Make some changes. Next thing you need to do is submit and resist. And it really has to be in this order. So many of us try to resist the enemy, we don't first submit to God. That's why James chapter 4 says this, submit. Some versions say surrender or humble. Surrender, humble yourselves to God. That's first. 
after you've done that, then guess what you can do? Then you can resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But you got to submit to God first. Pastor Frankie said it last week so beautifully. You will never have authority over any area in your life that you haven't first surrendered under to God. Understand this, the devil is not afraid of you in your own strength and your own ability. But he's terrified of the big God that you serve. And he's very terrified of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And when you become submitted and surrendered under God, you have unlimited power and authority that's available to you. But first, you gotta submit. The last thing I wanna encourage you to do is to take this door right here. I know it seems a little opposite of what I've been teaching you. Swing this thing wide open, as open as it will possibly go. Because Revelation chapter three teaches us this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. Jesus standing at the door of your heart knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. He wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with every person in this room. It is the singular source of the abundant life that I'm telling you about. You wanna find fulfillment, you wanna find joy, love, peace. It's found in one place. When you open up that door to Jesus and you let him in. Well, Pastor Mark, I've been born again. I know, that's awesome. But I think if we're to be honest with ourselves, many of us, if not all of us, probably have some areas in our life that we haven't opened the door to. Some of those off limits areas, you know the one I'm talking about? Those sins that nobody else knows you struggle with those secrets that you like to keep. Friends, it's time to open the door to the Lord in those areas. He's knocking. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to help you. Some of you have carried around hurts and abuse and trauma your whole life, and it's messed everything up. Don't waste one more day of your life that's so precious. Open up the door to the only man that can fix it. Let him in. Some of you need to let Jesus into your marriage. Open that door, man. Let him in. Some of you need to let Jesus into your finances. You've created a mess. Put him first. He can fix it. Let him in. So some of you need to let Jesus into the mental health areas of your life. I know that's a taboo subject, but I still believe that by his stripes we're healed. I still believe that there's power in the name of Jesus. I still believe that he is a miracle worker, a mountain mover. I believe that, friends. I believe that he can touch your depression, that he can touch your anxiety. Doctors give us all sorts of fancy names for things, and I believe Jesus is bigger than every single one of them. Open the door and let Jesus in. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Bow your heads, let me pray with you. Oh God, I love you. I thank you that you love us so much. That you have this beautiful plan and purpose for our lives. 
so much greater than anything we could ever think up on our own. Oh, Father, if there's any place in our lives where we're opening the door to what the enemy wants to do, would you show us and help us be quick to close that door? God, help us be quick to repent. And Father, if there's any area in our life that we've kept off limits to you, then Jesus, today we're making a decision that we're giving you permission, God. Any and every area of our heart, any and every area of our life, Jesus, we're opening the door. We're asking you to come in and do what only you can do to heal, to restore, to make new. God, I'm so thankful that you're a God who can take broken pieces and turn them into something so beautiful, Jesus. Thanks for joining our podcast today. If you are ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving. Or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompt sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, we meet every week at 124 V. Huber Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before arriving on the Sunday of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages, and we look forward to seeing you soon.